greet you in Jesus' name this morning. I'm always challenged with the life of Joseph. And uh, I really didn't make the connection between the sermon and our Sunday school lesson. Uh, the title of the message this morning, What Have You Learned This Week? So, in your walk with God, this week, what did you learn? Thank you. Anything? I'll tell you what I was impressed this week. I was impressed that probably two years ago, God looked at this summer and he saw a building project that needed done and he saw a business administrator that would have tried to do it pretty much by himself or with some help and he knew that it wouldn't work and so he, uh, through the board, decided that uh, that this job is going to be contracted out because he knew it needed to be done by minister's meeting. And uh, so that decision was made. And he also knew that even with the contractors, that uh, there was more help needed even yet. And I had no clue when Richard was going to come on. And he came on September 1st first week in September, and uh, here we are, about two weeks from minister's meeting, getting ready for inspection Monday morning at 9 o'clock. That would have not happened. That, that to me, is amazing. If Richard would have came on... November 1st. I had no idea what their arrangements were. I didn't know when he was going to start, you know, whatever. But it's amazing to me that that God can see way down the road and he can see what it's going to take to do what he wants done. And he I was going to say manipulates the situation. I don't think God manipulates. He just says this is how it's supposed to be. (laughs) Uh, It's just that that to me is amazing. But then I thought back and I think, you know, how many weeks have gone by in my life that I, I really didn't learn anything? I don't know. Then the question come to me, uh, uh, did I grow spiritually the weeks that I wasn't open to learning something from God? Did I? Can a person grow spiritually without acquiring a knowledge of God at least a little bit every week? Something happens that God... You can learn. Um, am I satisfied with 
my knowledge of God to the point where I really don't need to, I don't think I need to learn anything. I don't know. Does God force information on us? Or does my spiritual growth depend on my initiative? Do I really want to learn something? Am I looking for something to learn? Or do I believe that that ended at the ending of my formal years of education in school? Like, whew. now, now, you know, I'm not forced to learn anymore. I'm just okay. It's like, I don't know. Turn with me to the book of Zechariah. What kind of a, so we're going to look at this morning at what kind of a spirit that it takes to be a learner. I don't know if you ever tried forcing information into somebody's head that really didn't want to, didn't want to learn. I don't know. You know, it doesn't really go too good. But a challenge to myself and all of us together here, what, what, what kind of a frame of reference, what kind of a mentality, what kind of a perspective do I need to have in order to, to learn in my Christian experience, in my walk with God? Zechariah 4, verse 1. The angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. He said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered, and spake unto the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Point number one, for us to be a learner, we have to be awake. Now here he is. He waked me as a man is waked out of his sleep. I have to be awake. I have to be alert to what's going on around me. So, I asked you this morning, what is going on around you in your life? What's happening? What has God placed in the surroundings of your life? He asked, what do you see? 
So what do you see? Do you understand what you're experiencing? Do you, do you understand what you're observing? Do you want to know what's going on? Here he says, well, I see this and I see that and I see the candlesticks and I see the trees. And, and, but he said, I don't understand. And he asks, notice what he asks, what are these, my Lord? I don't know about you. There's things happen in my life. I don't understand. I can observe this. I can observe that. I can see this. I can see that. But it don't make heads or tails. Number two, if we're going to be a learner, we must believe that God wants to teach us something that's worth my time learning. Okay, God, I was really challenged, and I said this probably before, and I hope I don't forget it. I was really challenged by Brother Aaron's perspective on Genesis when he said, nothing, come, hap, nothing comes to pass by happenstance. God was working with his people. He was not making bedtime stories. That, that is an amazing perspective. So, whatever is surrounding you this morning is not there by happenstance. God's not making bedtime stories. Maybe you don't understand what's going on. And there's nothing wrong with that. With not knowing. So, if I'm going to be a learner, I have to admit that I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand. And he said, do you know what these are? And he said, no, I don't understand. In order to be a learner, I have to admit my ignorance. You ever meet somebody that knew it all? An answer for everything. Someone has said once that those who know the least will always know it the loudest. I don't know if that's true or not. But the first thing that we need to know when it comes to how God works is that Really, in reality, in relation to all God knows and what he's doing, we know next to nothing. Even at our best, we know next to nothing. In comparison to what God knows. And it takes humility to admit that. Now that doesn't mean that we need to to think low of ourselves. To admit that I don't know doesn't mean that we have low self-esteem, 
but that we just think right and truthfully about ourselves. There's a lot I don't understand. The lot, I don't know. I was refreshed talking to the, the doctor at Mayo. He says, well, you know, he said, we know a lot about cancer, but there's a lot we don't know. We just simply don't know. And I thought that was a humble perspective from a Mayo doctor. I mean, look, working in one of the best hospitals in the world and say, you know what? There's a lot we don't know. So, you may be, someone said once, I was watching this uh, Ravi Zacharias thing on YouTube and uh, and the guy that was I don't know what you call moderating a meeting. I don't know what that ain't the word, but he says, you know, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. What he's saying is, there's a lot I don't understand. But that doesn't make me unintelligent. It's just that I have a lot yet to learn. But humility is, is crucial. To understand that I don't have the answers. And that's okay if I don't have the answers. It's okay. Because I know somebody that does have the answers. And so I have somebody to lean on that has not just a few answers, he has all the answers. But how can God teach me, if I think I have all the answers, will never happen. Psalm 25 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Alright? If we are what God wants us to be, if we are following his covenant and his testimonies, we put ourselves in a position to be taught by God in relation to the things around us that we don't know. See, because God has somebody that wants to know. They're not just satisfied with what they know. You want to be rich? You want to be honorable? Proverbs 22.4 By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And I don't think that is confined to bucks in your pocket and position in government or whatever. Riches and honor and life by humility and the fear of the Lord. Jeremiah 10.23 says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. O Lord, correct me, but with judgment. Not in thine anger, 
lest thou bring me to nothing. God, I want to know. I'm opening myself. I want you to teach me. I want to be aware of you directing my steps. And I want you to correct me. But please take it easy so so that I don't get discouraged and give up. Turn with me to Daniel, chapter 4, an illustration of a man that was so full of himself. And God took him to Grass College. You ever hear of Grass College? Daniel 4.29 This is Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king of spake and said, It is not this great Babylon, which I have built for the house of the kingdom, by the might of my power, and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as auction. Oxen and seven times shall pass over thee until that until thou knowest that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven, and his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. I dreamed my sermons. Last night I dreamt of some guy that had a, had a, a, a what am I saying that? He, he, he had a Trump hairdo. When the hair comes down, it turned to feathers. So, and I'm thinking, where'd that come from? Well, that, and I'm reviewing my sermons. So, well, that's where it came from. I don't know. Anyhow, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, none can stay his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me, added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. Notice what he says. Whose all whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Humility 
does us good when we don't understand. His works are truth. Do I love truth? Do I want God to tell me the truth? You've heard people say, tell me the truth. Don't mince words, just tell me the truth. Do I want to know the truth? Am I interested in the truth? See, to be a learner, I must cherish truth. I must aspire to learn more about God. I must aspire to learn more about His ways. I must aspire to understanding what He wants in my life to be strengthened, to be changed, to be corrected, to be whatever. I want to know that truth. Proverbs 23.23 says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Do I want to saturate my life with God's truth? Do I want to learn it? Do I want to grow Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy thy paths. What is truth worth? Implies here that if I do not pursue truth, If I am satisfied with falsehood in my life, God will not direct me. Because I'm leaning on my own understanding. To be a learner, I must cherish obedience. So, God teaches me. So what am I going to do with what God gives me? That truth that he gives me. What am I going to do with it? Have I learned? If I have not altered my life. To conform to what I've learned? Probably not. So we need to, if we're learners, we need to allow humility and truth to change our life in practical, everyday experience. I heard recently 
an employer and an employee supposed to be working together. The employee did not like the employer to the point that the employee would work, would drive 45 minutes each way to work so he wouldn't have to ride with the boss. And when he got to work, he wouldn't listen to what the boss says. He did it his own way. All right? So he couldn't avoid the conflict at work because he had to work. All right? But he, he avoided the conflict on the way to work. And... Uh, he just ignored the boss, and he finally quit because he said the boss didn't pay him enough money. He knew what the boss wanted. He knew what was expected, but he just didn't want to do it. And so the cost was an hour and a half driving on his own money, on his own fuel, to and from work, and it cost him his job because he's unwilling to learn. Do I do things to avoid learning the lessons I don't want to learn, maybe? I don't know. So, if God's working in your life, is working in my life, we are learning. So we've learned. So now what do we do with it? I do understand what God is doing. I do understand what he wants from me. You know what the definition of that is? That is the word wisdom. We become wise in the things of God. The ability to apply knowledge to its best use. So is that free? Is wisdom free? No. There's always a price for wisdom. You can get knowledge, you can get information, but wisdom costs. If you want to turn with me to Job 28. I, I just so challenged with what Job had to say about wisdom and the worth of wisdom. Job 28.12 So where shall wisdom be found? Where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth said, It's not in me. And the sea saith, It's not in me. It cannot be bought, gotten for gold, neither can Shall silver be weighed for the price thereof? It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onks and the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. So whence cometh wisdom? Where do I get it? I can't get it in the ocean. I can't get it in the sea. I can't get it for, I can't buy it. I can't trade it. I can't. So where do I go? 
Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air. Destruction and death save. We have heard of the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth under the whole heaven to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. When he make, when he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it, and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and he searched it out. And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. So if in my learning, if in my observation, if I'm looking around, and I see these things that all make sense, and I give them before God, and God helps me to make sense of those things, He helps me to understand where I need Him in, in greater ways, how I, how I need refined in my life, how I, all the things. And that brings a fear of Him, a reverence and an awe for God to what He is doing for me and to me. That is wisdom. That, my friend, is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. So if I have the spirit of the learned, after I've learned what God is teaching me, that should bring the fear of God into my heart. God, that's what I want. So what happens if I have learned the lessons that God is teaching me, but uh, other people around me haven't learned them yet? What should my perspective be? A A person who has learned lessons from God will exercise kindness to those who have not. We will have patience with ignorance. We will reach out to others that have not necessarily learned the lessons that we have learned and give that truth to them so that they can experience the blessings that has transformed our lives.
And we must do that with humility. If I have learned from God, then I will be faithful. Not holding back what should be told. Not compromising truth. Not striving for position, but striving for faithfulness. Cherishing truth. Striving for the victory of truth. Just being what God wants to be, me to be, and to sharing what God has done in my life. You see, learning lessons from God in my life sometimes puts us in a position to help others who are have or are facing the same difficulty that I have faced in the past. And God can use me as a spokesman, as an encourager, to help others who are still in that learning process. And just like those who are in the learning process, and we all are, where we have learned, let's be humble again. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly, there is wisdom. So, what is taught... What has the Lord taught you this week? What will He teach you this coming week? Do you want to know? Are you striving to know? I'm sure God wants all of us to learn something each week for our spiritual growth. 